This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Serial Killing, a podcast where we also veer off the serial killer path to delve into other topics within our beloved true crime community. This week's podcast will be another update, probably the last fully dedicated podcast update, regarding the three cases that we have been following. Since new information has come to light regarding the Lori Vallow-Chad Daybell case, I had tons and tons of people asking for updates, so let's just get right in. Since the latest and greatest has come out, I was, like I said, inundated with requests for an update on this specific case. As many of you probably already know, Lori's children have been found. It was the outcome we all figured would happen, and yet we just really wished wouldn't. If you're familiar with the case, I have a couple of past podcasts on Lori Vallow and her doomsday situation, so if you want to go back and listen to those, please feel free to do so. It is a tangled web of lies and murder and cult activity. We knew that Lori's daughter, Tylee, who was 17, was last seen at Yellowstone National Park on September 8, 2019. With her was her mother, Lori, her uncle Alex, who by the way had just murdered Lori's husband a couple of months before. Also with her was her little brother JJ, who has now not been seen since September 23rd, 2019, so a couple of weeks. And he was last seen on his last day of school before Lori pulled him and told the school that she was going to homeschool him. I don't know if Chad Daybell was also at Yellowstone on that day, but so far resources haven't said he was, not that I've seen. Now the official court papers which show the state of Idaho versus Lori Noreen Vallow, aka Lori Noreen Daybell, shows the response to the request for discovery, or basically what they are submitting as evidence in her case. Okay, so on this document, what we see is unredacted or uncensored Rexburg Police Department incident report, which is over 1,400 pages. There's also a redacted or censored Rexburg Police Department incident report that is also over 1,400 pages, but it's on a jump drive. We have a Sydney Woodbury Shank interview. And I believe she is a teacher, so she's most likely JJ's former teacher, considering he was autistic and needed specialized care and specific medications. There's also a Jack and Sheila Daybell interview. These are, of course, Chad's parents. There's Yellowstone security video, which could potentially be them driving into or leaving the park from an entrance exit point, but could be something else. 
There's an Idaho Falls airport security video, and this airport is only two towns south of Rexburg. My guess would be this would be footage of Chad and Lori leaving Idaho and catching a flight to Hawaii without the kids, but again, this is my guess. They also listed two interviews with Melanie, Melanie being Lori's niece that bought into all of this and moved up to Idaho to be with Lori and Chad's little cult, as well as recordings that they got from Ian Pawlowski, who is Melanie's new husband. They, of course, have the storage unit security footage showing Lori, Chad, and Alex coming in and out of the storage unit that was found to have Tylee and JJ's baby books and personal belongings that no child would want left behind. And if you remember correctly in one part of that footage, it appears that either Alex or Chad is carrying a like a Rubbermaid tote that is very heavy and they're carrying it back out of the storage unit to put in the back of a truck. It kind of gave me like JJ's body was inside of it vibes, but again, that's just a guess. Listed also is 571 Rexburg Police Department photographs. Three sets of police officer body cam footage where they were speaking to Alex Cox, another one with Lori's brother, as well as Charles and Lori herself. And then, of course, they ended with, quote, the state will comply with the request by supplementing its discovery disclosure as materials become available to the state, unquote. This is very standard. Uh, this was on March 16th, 2020. Now, fast forward to June 9th. Lori's been in jail, and her court date was pushed out due to the coronavirus. And on the 9th of this month, as of this recording, Chad Daybell has been arrested not too far from his house in Rexburg, Idaho. They hauled his car off to a storage facility, no doubt to look for evidence. His booking information states he is 51 years old, 6 foot 3 inches tall, and weighs 220 pounds. He was initially arrested for the, quote, destruction or concealment of evidence, unquote. We already know that, so far, and I'm sure a lot more is coming. Lori has been charged with felony child abandonment, misdemeanor, resisting arrest, and obstructing an officer. She also faces charges of solicitation of a crime and contempt of court. Now, the Rexburg police were able to get a search warrant to search Chad's home again, though this warrant was sealed. That just means that they couldn't tell us the details contained within the warrant other than to say it pertained to the missing children. But it only took a very short amount of time to realize what was in that warrant. There is footage, guys, of an excavator on Chad's property near his house and then digging up the ground in a very specific area. That excavation has revealed that both JJ and Tylee's remains were in fact on Chad's property. Bless their little hearts. During his first court appearance with just the attorneys and the judge, 
which they showed live footage of, they stated that the treatment of the remains of one of the children was so grievous that they felt his bail should be set at $1 million. I will add the link to the helicopter footage of the authorities digging on his property in the podcast notes below if you'd like to see it. I'll also add a link to a photo that is closer and more clear. Now on the bail, of course his attorney disagreed and said, you know, all the things that not one of us gives a shit about, including that he wasn't a flight risk. Guys, not a flight risk? What? So when Lori bought wedding rings before Chad's wife, Tammy, was dead, then of course her untimely death, and then them flying off to Hawaii after being asked where the children are and getting married isn't a sign that he'd be a flight risk, then I don't know what is. And let's not forget, murder fam, the big happy smiles they had on their faces on their wedding day photos. Not a care in the world. Blissfully happy is what I would describe it. They had basically shed any and all inconvenient people out of their lives. No children, no spouses, and so on. Now, thankfully, the judge said, no, hell no, bail is set at $1 million. We've also been anxiously awaiting the results of Tammy Daybell's autopsy report, but they won't release them yet, which is frustrating. Of course it's frustrating, but we all know why. There was then a press conference where they said that a search warrant was served at Chad's residence and that they had, in fact, recovered human remains. What we don't know is how long the children have been dead. My guess would be that they died soon after the dates that they were last seen, so back in September. My reasoning for that, again, is the death of Chad's wife soon after, and then Chad and Lori being in Hawaii by themselves with no children. They were already saying that Tylee had died long before that, and Chad had said that Lori had no minor children. We already know the children were never with the supposed friend of Lori's in Arizona while she was in Hawaii. All of that leads me to believe that the children have been dead since last September. As of this recording, that was nine months ago. We have since found out that there have been bonfires on Chad's property, which by the way, his daughter is moving into his house now that he's been arrested. His daughter's going to live in that house. In fact, Chad's neighbor that lived across the street from Chad said that he noticed, quote, several large bonfires, unquote, on Chad's property after the children's disappearance. The neighbor said that there was a huge bonfire last fall and two or three big bonfires this spring. This neighbor also verified the bonfires were burning in the same place that J.J. and Tylee's remains were actually found. Now, the timing of the bonfires, at least to me, seem as though the first one happened before Tammy Daybell died. Now, I am in no way saying that Tammy was aware of anything because I'm quite sure that she wasn't. I'm just thinking about this on a timeline. 
And if you've been following this case or listened to my other podcasts about it, you'll know that Lori has more than the two children. She has a grown child named Colby Ryan. He, of course, has been wanting his mother to come forward and say where his two younger siblings are. Now that it has come out that they are both deceased, this was his statement he put on Instagram along with some pictures of like, you know, him playing with a very young JJ in a pool and so on. So he said, quote, I don't even know how to start this, but to my beautiful, amazing, sweet angels, the only peace I have is knowing you are in paradise. I'm broken over this, to not see your beautiful faces, hear your voices, or know that I can't hug you or see you, it kills me. I will never let anyone forget you. I have prayed that I could be with you again, and one day that will be true. I have more love for both of you than you could ever know. I miss you both. I love you both. This seems like a nightmare. It seems unreal. You were taken from all of us. You both touched so many lives. You impacted so many people. That will never go away. Just know I will carry you every day and everywhere I go. My daughter will always know how lucky she is to have you both watching over her. Tylee and Joshua. I will never be able to express my love for you, but know this, I'm still here for you. I will always wish I could have traded places with you, but I'll never let you be forgotten. With all of my love to you both, forever in our hearts. Unquote. I just, guys, I cannot imagine how much that's got to hurt him because he went on and on talking about how there is no way that his mother would hurt any of them, including him, her children, ever. That she was so loving and so funny and entertaining and found ways to spend all this quality time with them. And, you know, everyone painted a picture of what a perfect mother she was. And now his mother is in jail and probably going to stay there. And he has to live with the fact that he knows his own mother had or did kill his two younger siblings. I can't, I mean, how do you live with that? So when Lori was first brought into the initial court hearing, you know, where she was smirking and looking all happy and thinks she's just acting like it was kind of amusing to be there. Colby actually sat on the side of the prosecution with JJ's grandparents, the Woodcocks. Now, Chad is expected to appear in court on July 1st, and Lori is scheduled to appear on July 9th. I will, of course, keep us updated as more information comes out, but I will probably put the updates on Instagram, the Facebook page, and then I'll post updates on YouTube where I can do the little pictures and whatnot. I have a feeling, guys, it's going to be horrible. But I want to watch the entire court case if it is televised in any way. Because, and I'm sure you guys all agree, anyone who does harm to a child should get the worst punishment possible. 
Okay, so on to Onision. I will admit things seem to have gotten very, very quiet with his case. Chris Hansen had assured all of us that the FBI investigation against Onision was still very much progressing, but it had inevitably slowed down due to the coronavirus. So, I found out that, following this nearly year-long situation with Onision, and especially everyone wanting him to be removed from YouTube, word around the campfire is that he's actually basically left YouTube on his own. He is apparently getting set up and working over on a site called OnlyFans. I did check his YouTube channel while I was looking for the latest news on him. The main YouTube channel that he uses, he hasn't actually uploaded there in at least a month. The last video that I could find he posted is just titled, Bye. In the background plays his obnoxious I'm a banana song, but there are words on the screen where he's basically saying he's an adult model or porn star now over on OnlyFans and that he likes being an adult model more than he ever liked being a YouTuber. So I went over to his OnlyFans page and though you can't see any posts whatsoever without paying, his profile picture is of him shirtless and clenching his entire upper body up, you know, to look more muscular. And the background banner photo is him nearly pulling his shorts off so you can clearly see the outline of his, shall we call sexually offending mechanism, so it would appear that he is indeed being a adult model. So you know I dug around to see what people are saying or showing about his OnlyFan account because I'm not going to fund a pedophile whatsoever. And sure enough, it was just as you would suspect. First, we have a photo of him shirtless in front of a mirror. There are tattoos all over his torso, and they look like those tattoos that you get out of those little vending machines. You know, you buy them, you cut them out, you put them on your skin, you then soak the paper behind them, peel that off, and voila, temporary tattoo. But I could be wrong. And there is a woman's arm coming around, like seductively over his shoulder and down his chest. And who is that, you ask? Well, it's Kai. The picture looks very much like she's completely fine, and they are 100% still in love and all of that. So in other words, she hasn't left with the kids or, I don't know, used her brain. The description of the picture says, quote, My only fans 55% off for the first to join. Just posted new pics video to OnlyFans.com. Most tattoos, pants, and the other human not included. Okay, so I get it. They are temporary tattoos, so there's that. One of his posts on that site says, quote, This one is a bit odd as one, included a random video. Two, I took a photo including my feet as they have been requested quite a bit. Thank you for making me feel attractive! Exclamation point. Unquote. He even posted a poll to see what people wanted. Then you could vote. Nudes. Ludes, meaning non-nude but very sexual. Self-stimulation. I'm 
trying to reword things to make YouTube happy. Self-stimulation, you know what that is. Actual sex or videos and photos of oral copulation on the viewer. So like he's pretending to do that to the person watching the video. Now, disclaimer, I'm not shaming anyone who does any of that. I don't kink shame. You do you. There is an audience who wants it. You get your coin. But I do not think this is going to help Onision's case whatsoever. This is just proving his voyeurism, which to his level is a paraphilic disorder and is linked to psychopathy. The rest of the traits that best describe psychopathy somewhat fit Onision and his past behavior. So I went to Chris Hansen's channel to try to figure out, you know, is he giving any updates? What's going on? You know, Corona was so early 2020. What are we doing now? Kind of thing. Well, the latest Chris Hansen video on his channel, he spoke about Onision finally. He had a guest, Kevin, who says that Onision is trying to tighten his grip on the few kind of remaining fans that he has in some Discord server. I'm not familiar with Discord, so I apologize if I sound like an idiot. But apparently he has two, actually. One is called Onision's server, and the other is Uh-Oh Bro, which is something he had on YouTube. Onision banned one of his top and most avid supporters and former moderators, Blasian. He is becoming paranoid enough that he is second-guessing all of his closer followers. This Kevin guy also had screenshots from a confirmed 14-year-old girl that Onision has recently reached out to and began directly messaging. Now, so far, as much as Kevin knows, he's not been fully inappropriate, but it's new. And the fact remains that a 36-year-old or around that age man is directly contacting a 14-year-old teenage girl. So I guess he has still not learned his lesson. And what of that FBI case? Well, it has come out that Onision's OnlyFans account has underage viewers on it, so there's that. But outside of that, even though we've all been assured that he is still being investigated, there's really not much. It feels, at least to me, that the case against him is losing steam. Not from a lack of evidence, of course, but perhaps a lack of motivation. I really don't know. It's kind of disappointing, to be honest, in my own personal opinion. But, you know, other than his new porn career and evidence that Kai is still with him and things are roses and so on, I couldn't seem to find anything to give us any new hope for now. But let's hope that that changes. There are some flutterings on Twitter about Investigation Discovery buying the rights to the Onision story and Chris Hansen followers have lost their minds. They seem to be stating that the story wasn't Chris's to sell, that it was the victim's. Now, I don't know if this just means that ID Discovery is going to take what Chris has done and expand on it to get more exposure to help the victims or what. We'll just have to see what the definition of sell the rights to is in this case and what happens next.
So that's Onision. And now finally onto Davi Vanity. What's new in this situation? Well, he stands accused of sexually assaulting at least 21 women starting as far back as 2007, but there have been a plethora of girls come forward by now. Now, since my last update, there have been, like I said, several more videos of girls coming forward with these horrific stories about Davi Vanity. One girl in Colorado has come forward stating that he forced her to service him orally, and he was so violent with her that he ripped a concerning amount of hair out of her head and left her bleeding from her scalp. She was 15 years old. Another girl who he allegedly sexually assaulted said the same happened to her, and he told her that if she told anyone, he would kill her. He literally threatened her life, guys. A reporter who's been working with the survivors of Davi Vanity says he is still able to get away with the sexual assaults and the rapes and all of this crap with these underage girls because, quite frankly, he's been turned in before and he got away with it. Thankfully, his band's merch has been pulled from many, many stores. I see that there is now a petition on change.org to begin the formal investigation against Davi. They have over half of the signatures that they were looking for. And if you're interested in that, I'll put the link to that in the podcast notes as well. But outside of that, guys, that's basically it. Um, I'm probably not going to do, like I said, this whole formal podcast on these three people as things progress, but I will, of course, as I find things out, give you guys the updates on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube as just a regular post, because some of you I know are very, very invested, so I'll definitely keep you informed. Outside of that, guys, thank you so, so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you, because I know you could be listening to anyone else. But you chose me, and I am humbled. Thank you so much. Have a great day.